happy Friday to you all. We're nearing the end of July here, and these markets are all over the place as volatility ensues. We're going to do something a little different on today's episode. And if you're a dairy farmer, you will find this particularly educational as we have Curtis Bosma on, the vice president of High Ground Dairy's producer services. For our listeners that are not super familiar with the producer services offered by High Ground, Curtis, could you give us an overview of that? Yeah, for sure. First off, thanks a lot for having me on the podcast. Very excited to be here on this lovely Friday. So when talking about producer services, obviously we have kind of a toolkit of products that we work with, starting with the insurance products such as Dairy Revenue Protection or DRP. We also do offer LGM Dairy for those looking to protect a gross margin. We also advise people on forward contracts. Um, so whether that's on the milk side through your cooperative or on the feed side through your local suppliers. Um, and of course, you know we're part of High Ground Trading Group. So we have all of the uh, futures and options services that'll be needed for your risk management program. Um, and then on the other side, we also have the over-the-counter markets or OTC markets for those that are looking for those more advanced type of tools. And then really, I think that the easiest way to kind of talk about the services we offer for producers specifically is to kind of talk about the risk management process that we kind of work through with everyone. And and that really kind of has like four stages to it, if you you will. I mean, we start really any any sort of uh, business relationship we're kind of starting with anybody. Everything starts by us, you know, asking and listening. And we need to really kind of figure out you know, where you're at with your risk management, if you've ever done anything before, if you're kind of just looking for a starting point, if you have some prior experience and maybe it didn't play out exactly as you had expected, um, or if you're well-versed, you're just looking to level up on some more advanced strategies. Our kind of motto with all that stuff is, you know, we never want to, you know, do something that you don't understand. Um, and we want, we don't have to do everything right away. We can start with the simple things, make those look easy, and then always move on from there. And then as we're kind of asking and listening to, we need to determine if there's you know, any long-term goals that you're kind of going after, uh, whether that's you know, growing the operation or just kind of building equity, reducing leverage, you know, and also kind of determining your risk tolerance as to how much risk you're comfortable with um, and those sorts of things as well. And then our, our next stage is just kind of figuring out where any you know, gaps might be um, as we kind of assess people and figuring out where they're at. And then providing that education where it's needed, whether it's you know figuring out the intricacies of you know how your milk's getting priced, um, or kind of walking through the basics of things like DRP or some of those advanced option strategies that are available to people. And then third step there, we kind of just outline an approach, figure out you know what tools we're going to use, how we're going to use them, and kind of agree upon like a sort of strategy, um, and then we just kind of implement and execute from there. Um, and then lastly, this is just kind of the the overall cycle of how we work with everyone, it seems like, is we you know review what's going on in the markets. Um, we analyze the performance of the strategies we've been using in those markets, um, and we continue to grow those skills. So like I said, it's it's a journey, it's a process. So for people just starting out, it's definitely something where we like to start with the simple stuff and kind of build from there. You know, and this volatility in in these markets in recent years has really kind of shown that as people have grown and followed these strategies and remain consistent with them, there's a lot of success that can be found there. Yeah. And, you know, something rather unique about working with you and your team is that you all grew up on dairy farms. You live these markets and offer a true business model focused on helping producers to the best of your ability. 
Absolutely. That was something when I, I left the farm right after basically 2009, when I went off to college and I was kind of like mad, like I wanted to figure out like, what the heck happened? Why did margins get so bad? And, you know, why did the community I grew up in have to go through, you know, such an event like we saw in 2009, where prices were, were nasty and everybody was dealing with a lot of uh, troubles with financing and access to capital and things like that. Uh, and really, it really what kind of drew me to this business is, you know, being able to have a strategy and, and manage those risks and stuff like that. Yeah, I love that. So yesterday, let's get into these markets. The USDA hit us with a double report day. We had the June milk production and June cold storage report. Let's unpack those. Starting with milk production, we saw a year-over-year growth of 2.9%. That's the 11th consecutive month of production growth. What's your take on that? Where is this growth coming from? Yeah, it's always, I feel bad for our, our market intel team on days where the USDA throws two reports at you. Um, I'm always seeing the uh, the chats and emails flow back and forth from the team until late at night as they pick through all the data and figure those things out. But yeah, I mean, yesterday, some definitely some interesting numbers that came out. The 2.9% year-over-year growth trend is kind of on trend with what we've been seeing recently. So that's not a huge shock. However, that you know, 11 months of consecutive growth, like you mentioned, you know, and the addition of 153,000 head to the U.S. milking herd versus last year has certainly put us in a spot where this milk supply is keeping a lid on the potential for prices moving higher. The interesting thing from that report, in my opinion, is that this was actually the first month-to-month decline we saw in the U.S. herd size in the past 12 months. Um, it was only a thousand head reduction. So that means, you know, all the advances we saw in the overall uh, milk production growth came out of that milk per cow number. So it's it's the start of something we're going to see here where producers are definitely starting to cull their lower performing cows from the herd, um, which is definitely going to be boosting those milk per cow figures initially because they're going to be pulling the cows, you know, that aren't doing as well. You know, when margins get tight, this is one of the questions that producers ask themselves right away is, you know, which cows are, are paying their rent and those, you know, when you got higher feed costs and those margins get tight, kind of look around and you see cows that, you know, aren't performing as well. And you right away can make those decisions to pull those animals from the herd. And as we're moving forward, I would expect to see that milk cow number continue to move lower, especially uh, with these higher feed costs. And then we're also going to see through the month of July. So in the next report that gets released from USDA, we had some extreme heat in a lot of regions. The Pacific Northwest got hit particularly hard with it, um, as well as much of the West Coast uh, as well. So those milk per cow numbers could also take a hit in next month's report. So that'll be something to look out for. Wild. Yeah. And then that cold storage report from yesterday showed year over year increases in all the reported dairy products, but butter stood out the most with stocks being 14.4% higher. What's been the reason behind that massive build in butter inventories? Yeah, I mean, production has really been the issue with that market. Demand for butter has actually ticked higher here in 2021, both domestically and for export. Although we typically don't export very much, production has been the main issue, as I I mentioned, mostly higher due to the milk production we're seeing out of those class four regions. So think Western US. Um, In this last milk production report, California was another 103 million pounds of milk versus last year been added to uh, the milk flow there. So that definitely we're seeing a lot of that cream hit the churn. 
And as those uh, production declined, as we talked about, you know, the potential for the July report to maybe show us a number where herd size declines and milk per cow declines as well, you know, you're going to see maybe some near term strength in that market. But overall, I mean, these inventories are going to be a factor that are going to be lasting with this market going well into 2022. So that's something that particularly for producers that are looking at coverage on the class four side, you got to be mindful of these big stocks numbers are going to be an issue for a while. Yeah, absolutely. It's been an interesting market to track on a global scale here. Now, the grain markets have been incredibly volatile this past year. We use that word a lot throughout the past year and a half, but despite today's down move, we're holding at some historically high levels. With these elevated feed costs, how are dairy producers dealing with their hedging plan for 2022? Yeah, great question. This year has been another tough one to plan for since the grain markets were really hit with the trifecta of Chinese demand, the potential for a drought, and then the macro pressures of inflation, which has moved a record amount of you know managed money into these markets. These factors move prices early in the season and move them fast as well. I typically don't start talking to producers about positioning for a new crop until we get closer to planting. But this year, those conversations started, I think, back in like January. So we were on it kind of right away. On the milk side, we've seen a lot of producers shift their strategies over to favor things like DRP versus other tools that are available to them. Um, And a lot of that's just due to, in 2020, uh, we had such unpredictability due to the government intervention that many producers are now kind of looking at tools that set a price floor um, and are, are more capital efficient since DRP, you don't pay the premiums until after the coverage period. And then that kind of gets you out of the way of people that had fixed price contracts or something like a uh, forward contract or a short futures position with all the government intervention and wild volatility we saw, they kind of got burnt out from that. So now We're seeing a lot of people kind of moving back towards just starting with DRP and then kind of building from there. And at the moment, I mean, we have class three hanging in the mid $17 level and class four, not far behind that for a lot of 2022. So there's some great value to be captured out there, but we do need to make sure that we monitor those feed cost projections against those levels. Because although they sound higher, we're still dealing with some major feed problems at the moment. And another thing more recently that we've seen in the feed market, China made an announcement earlier this week that they were going to be scaling back on purchases for the second half of the year, and specifically coming from the US, which has been moving that corn market lower. But we really haven't seen much of a break yet on forage prices, which is a big thing that a lot of producers have been kind of struggling with recently is although corn prices have started to move a little bit lower the prices for hay have still been hanging on to some very, very high levels. So there's definitely been, you know, a lot of dairy nutritionists are making adjustments to rations on dairies to try to keep costs down. Um, And that's another thing that could be affecting that milk per cow number in the coming months as certain things that may have been boosting production get pulled from the ration. Overall in 2022, I think we're going to see kind of the same thing we see in a lot of years where the Producers that are sticking to their proactive and consistent strategies uh, will be winning out because, again, a lot of them have been layering into coverage well into 2022 already um, at some solid price levels. Um, And now as these grain markets kind of move lower, as we were talking about here in the near term, they're really in the driver's seat kind of looking at this next year um, and kind of picking their spots for what their margins will look like moving forward. 
Oh, thank you so much for that, Curtis. Uh, any of our producer listeners that have any questions about risk management or DRP, head to our website, highgrounddairy.com and click on insurance services. You can either fill out that form or chat live with Curtis in that chat box. Thank you so much. It's always a treat to have you on and I'm sure everyone learned a lot from this conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Thank you so much to our listeners. We'll be back on next week to chat about what's trending in global markets. And we hope you all have a great weekend. Cheers. Be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And if you're interested in receiving more information, as well as our analysis, please visit highgrounddairy.com to request a free 30-day trial today. Futures and options trading involves substantial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Thank you.